Alive for the ritual, and then we can kill him. Where's Sonia? Yeah, where's that sexy psychopath? I'm here, getting cookies. Boils and ghouls, lock your doors and strap yourselves in from Los Angeles, California. Bloody Disgusting presents the Boo Crew Podcast. Horror news, commentary, reviews, interviews, and more. With your hosts, Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. Hey, this is Trevor, and for myself, Lauren, and Leo, welcome to episode 209. This time around, you are joined by actor, writer, model, fashion designer, Hannah May Lee. Hang out with us as she talks about the fun she has bringing Sonya to life in Mick G's incredible The Babysitter franchise. Then there's her work in the Pitch Perfect films as Lily and her many TV projects. She's a massive horror fanatic, which you'll get into. She's got a new movie with Robert Englund she's working on. She's been writing some new things in the horror space. And at time of release, March 19th, in theaters on demand and digital. Executive produced by the best team in horror, Radio Silence. It's called Phobias. She stars in it. She is the amazing Hannah Mae Lee. Episode 209 starts now. This is Hannah Mae Lee. Don't be scared. It's just another terrifying episode of The Book The Book The government have been using your fears to control the population. They're weaponizing fear? Let's get you hooked up. We need to get out of this place. Go ahead, scream. That's all we need. Another victim crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy. Joining the Boo Crew via the Speakeasy Studio is a creative who really really does it all and attacks everything she does with an inventive spark and a fearlessness that makes her so fun to watch. She's an accomplished makeup artist, actor, writer, and model with a BFA in fashion design with her very own line and has collaborated with several design houses. She got her start in TV projects like the multi-Emmy winning Mike and Molly before starring in 2012's iconic Pitch Perfect, in which she was nominated for the Scene Stealer Award and won several, including Best Comedy for her performance, followed by its two sequels. It has garnered a dedicated cult following and is one of the highest grossing musical comedies of all time. She next appeared in the Golden Globe winning Californication, Critics' Choice nominated Patriot, and so much more. 2017, she brought Sonya to life in Mick Chee's masterpiece, The Babysitter, for Netflix and its sequel this past year, Killer Queen. Her latest project is a refreshingly creative anthology horror film in theaters on demand and digital March 19th. It is called Phobias. It's about five dangerous patients being kept at a government testing facility in an experiment to weaponize their fears. We are honored to welcome one of its stars, the amazing Hannah Mae Lee. First of all, can I just um, take you everywhere with me and do my intro? That was so bomb. (laughs) Well deserved for an incredible person and performer. We're such huge fans of you. So thank you so much for joining us. Congrats on Phobias. Now we wanted to start off by getting into your personal relationship with the horror genre outside of acting. Talk about your earliest experience with horror as a viewer. Hell yeah. I guess I'm a little sick or just maybe very, uh, what do you call it? Awesome. You know, awesome, a little, you know, overachieving, but, (laughs) but when I was young, like maybe six or seven, 
I was addicted to horror movies. I, I would watch them when my parents weren't around. Like they'd have like, like go to a quick like dinner or something. And I'm like, I'm fine. I'm sleeping. And I'd turn on the TV and like nightmare in Elm street. Like whew, that, like I'd watch it with like all my stuffed animals around me. Cause you know, they protect me and stuff, but man, I was watching some crazy ass things when I was little. And there's just something about horror. That's like MSG. It's like so addicting. You just can't get enough. You can't sleep at night. And I was like, what is this thing that like, looms over you uh, and gets you paranoid and fearful. And it was just something that I really enjoyed and loved. So many memories where I couldn't sleep because I thought there were cut off body parts under my bed. And this is when I'm younger, not now, but like um, now other things frighten me, but you know, like that are like about to come out and grab my feet. And like, I was so like hot and sweaty, but my head, my blankets on me. Cause you know, that protects you, which it doesn't, but like, you know, just like, my childhood was very uh, out of the ordinary, I guess. But but I love Freddy Cougar. Like when I first watched that, like I was obsessed and I would have like these weird dreams where I was like Freddy's wife and he made me like do these killings and I didn't want to. And like it was just deep. And then I, and then as I got into comedy, like I really was just like, I, I really want to do horror because I never you never really get to do that in comedy. And there's so many different phobias and fears and and emotions with horror, you know, you could be the victim and you can just, <laughs> or you can, you know, like be the freaking taunter and just walk slowly and just boom, you're dead. You know, like there's so many different areas of horror you can explore and there's psychological horror where it's just like all in your mind. So I've been really lucky to have done a few different ones where I'm victimized or I'm the victimer or, you know, like I'm the killer. And there's another one where I'm going to be in like a psychological one. And it's just been a, a great fun journey with, with horror because uh, everyone gets, gets there and they get to play, you know, like, so that's my long 24 hour answer. I love it. We <laughs> love that. That's what we love to hear. Yeah. Is there anything yes. recently that you've seen that has blown your minds as far as horror goes? You know, horror's been really, as you know, like there's all these subgenres of horror, right? So it's like you got your psychological, you got your terrifiers, you know, you got your hostels, which you think is kind of crazy. And then you go to a country and it looks just like where they shot hostel and you're a little freaking out. You're like, oh my gosh, they're going to sell my body and torture me and no one will know. And, you know, and, <laughs> and, you know, like, and now you have, oh, and then you have like high tension, which is a great movie because oh, anybody can just be a killer, you know? And, and then it's, now it's like your best friend and you're like, oh my God, anybody can really be that. So it's like, you got your gore, you got your psychological horror, you got your Fatale by Dion Taylor, which that Casey and Jojo song in that trailer just really gave me all the feels and I wanted to watch the movie. And it's like, you know, home invasion and cheating on somebody. And it's just like all those things when you get older that I guess, you know, you would fear even if you didn't do all those things that they did. I don't know. So I also love like Devil's Rejects and I know that was like eons ago, but it's such a good classic and like the human centipede. I mean, it's just a classic. That trilogy is so genius. I have the DVD set where it comes out as a DVD centipede. God, what else? Like, oh, I just saw this one called Butt Boy. 
Have you guys seen that? No, I haven't even heard yeah, of it. I've heard of that. Have? Yeah, it's I'm on my list. Ask. <laughs> okay, so it's pretty fun. It's really fun. And what I love about Butt Boy is they're not like, we're being funny. Like, it's very kind of serious, but a really funny concept of this guy, like, sucking up things with his butthole. <laughs> wow. But um, that was really that was really fun. I mean, there's so many. Is there something that you guys have watched that I need to know about? Oh, man, there's been so many. I mean, you mentioned one of our favorite probably slasher movies in which years, one? which was Terrifier. Yeah, right. Yes. That thing was insane. That, that, that thing was great. And Art the Clown. I mean, like he, yeah. those faces, uh, it was like gut wrenching laughter because he did it so well. And you know how like sometimes when we freak out, like people just start changing like you you guys would just start changing faces out of nowhere you know like usually on drugs but um <laughs> but yeah that that had some good gory like great scenes right definitely we've been yeah. obsessed with the apple plus show called servant oh yeah it's really good yeah m night Shyamalan's new show it's yeah it's amazing and of course i mean the babysitter oh, movies gosh. are literally two of our. I'm gonna get you. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to ask. I mean, so you're at the center of two of our favorite franchises, right? Pitch Perfect, and then you got the babysitter films. They couldn't be more Those different. Two are your favorite franchises? Are you can come, come on? on it's the world's favorite, right? But. <laughs> They couldn't be more different, but at the same time, they're very similar in the ways that they both aren't afraid to take very bold risks and break new ground. Both also let you in particular showcase amazing comedic timing and your ability to really let loose and open up as a performer that is just exhilarating to watch. So how have those two experiences shaped you in terms of how you've learned to push yourself? Once again, I'd like to hire you uh, for everything. Uh, <laughs> I, I've been really lucky, you know, um, as an actor, it's pretty exciting to play so many characters. When, when I wanted to first become an actor, I was like, I want to be the next Jack Black. Like, I want to just be like Owen Wilson and play that character all the time. Right. Or themselves. But my career kind of has been, I don't think I've played myself in anything I've done, <laughs> but it's actually a lot of fun to really jump in and dive into different characters. So like with the pitch perfect trilogy, like being like into all these oddities and really kind of only saying lines when you mean it or have something to say. And it's like so pungent was so exciting to me because as you know, I talk a lot. You asked me one question, I'm going on forever. So it was really kind of like, yes, I get to play somebody who just only says things that, like she has to say and it's like she's very thoughtful of what those words are and really kind of showcasing how weird she can be and then with <laughs> killer queen like or with babysitter really showcasing how psychotic she can be and you know like i was lucky enough to put in like human centipede and put in some like monologues in there that i really enjoyed at that time was fun and like Mick G was really open to that that which made it that much more you know I think it just made it that much more weird and that much more kind of intense for like a little kid to hear that I'm gonna sew his ass to his face and make himself a self centipede it was just 
fun. Like I can't do that in like a drama. That's weird. It's uncalled for. So <laughs> did you have input on that human centipede line in that? Hell yeah, that was me. Whoa. Yes. So cool. That's yes. so awesome. <laughs> you know what I love is I don't know if you saw the movie Freaky that came out. Mm, with Vince Vaughn? Yes. So they uh, Millie, the main character, her favorite movie is Pitch Perfect 2. Oh, it That's is? right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so awesome. Um, oh. I wanted to ask about the babysitter, Killer Queen. Like, your death scene is amazing. And there's, like, this body that looks like you, right? <laughs> I'm, like, trying not to give it away. But what happened to that body? Do you keep anything from movies? Do you know what happened to that? Where that is? How it can be in our house? Just <laughs> few probably questions. in her house. She's a orphan. No. Yeah, I would <laughs> take it if I were you. Well, I was really lucky. The body, I'd have no idea because that might have just been like a mannequin that they made to look like me because I have a flat chest, so they just use the male mannequin. But the head. Uh, Mary, our wonderful producer, was like, hey, Anna, we're clearing out everything. Do you want the head? Because I had to do a body cast of just like my head when it. So um, she's like, do you want it? And I was like, hell yeah, I want it. Yes. So it's in my living room. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's nice. so awesome. You got to send us a picture of that. Yeah. Some point. Oh, I would totally that. send you a picture of it. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. It, so, so like the whole face, though, it's like this, you know, like because that's like my last expression i have but it's dope i love it oh so when i funny story so when it got here like i took it out of the bag and then i have dogs so i was like here come here come here big boy and i went like this and he was like looking at the head and looking at me looking at the head and looking at me and he like grabbed his toy to show the head because he's like oh, it's <laughs> <laughs> it awesome. i had a geeky babysitter one question yes it sounds like you're chanting something as you're drawing cole's blood in that one scene are you chanting is that you are you saying anything real are those words they have any is that a real incantation or what's the story with that no i loved it um mick g had me come in for an adr session and he's like i want you to say something in korean there right because i speak korean fluently and he's i was like all right let's do it so i think i said like all our blood is gonna bring us into one and then you're uh, our wishes will come true or something. I think it was like, can't really remember if, if I, if I play it back, I'll be able to fully tell you what it means, but it was something like that. So I kind of just improv it when we we're there doing the ADR and I was like, oh, or something like that. So I was trying to make it sound like a chant. Yeah. That was it. What a cool <laughs> Easter egg. I love it. My <laughs> wish is for a third. Like, yeah. Well, Mick G says Mick G, he's got a third, right? The fans, right? Come yes. on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> we need it. Yep. So you haven't heard anything about a confirmation that a third is happening yet or anything? You're just waiting in the wings? No confirmation yet. The fans will have to speak like Mick G said, right? So he's that is ready to go as long as the fans want it. So I don't know. That'll be Let's fun go though. get it, guys. We need a third. We need a third. <laughs> yes. It's also yes. very cool that it seems yeah. like your background and passion for fashion gets that to rhymes. be such a showcase, right? In your characters in both Pitch Perfect and The Babysitter. Ah. What is it like to play with that? And have you had any part in crafting that in any of those movies? What's great is with uh, Pitch Perfect, Sal, our our costume designer, he was very like, I think I think this, but a lot of times clothes look very different on me than on the hanger. So like we just really got into the prints and like and just like kind of made it look 
cuter than just psychotic, I guess. <laughs> but it was cool because at that time, like I had just made this wool, like one of a kind vest. So, and Sal was like, I was like, can I wear this in the poster picture? And he's like, yeah, put it on. So like, it's in the pitch perfect poster, my Hanuman vest. So that was cool. And, um, and then it's also in the movie, like in the rap scene. And it's like, so he was very like open to collaborating, which is great. And then same with Mick G when I did the, with the first one, he's like, girl, I know you like, I know you got your fashion thing going. So do what you want. And I'm like, really? Like, he's like, yeah. I was like, what about like blogger tattoos and blogger nails? He's like, yeah, do it. And I was like, I'm really into St. Laurent these days. He's like, do it. So like, that was, that was really cool. And then I, he's like, we'll do the beret though. Cause I like the beret. So he's very, you know, Mick G's super like fashion oriented and music based. So, you know, he definitely isn't like, I don't know, whatever you want. He was definitely collaborating, which was fun and great because he knows how to just make things look fucking rad. And then in the second one, he's just like, yeah, you know, you talk to the costumer of what you want and we'll make it happen. So he was very kind of giving and creative and, letting me kind of do my thing which was awesome the boo crew will be right back are you trying to tell me that my brother can be invaded from the outside by a maniac who is dead shirley mclean in the possession of joel delaney if you believe no explanation is necessary if you don't believe no explanation is possible. The Possession of Joel Delaney from Paramount. In color, rated R, under 17, not admitted without parent. One more so, babysitter question before we get to phobias. <laughs> We're just obsessed. Flamethrower, right? You get oh, to dude. play with the flamethrower. Was it practical flamethrower or, or were we talking digital effects? What was your involvement in that? Oh, okay. So first of all, I was really like, wait, it's not CGI'd? And like, they're like, no, we want you to practice with it. I was like, well, why? I'm just going to like do this. And it's you guys. They're like, no, you're going to really throw flame. And I was like, what? Oh. And, um, you know, like... I, I'm always like a re pretty responsible person. So we're in Chatsworth, I believe. And it was like up in the mountains and, you know, all the fires were going on in LA. And I was just like, I hope I don't throw any, like really throw a flame. Cause even when we we're shooting, it was like kind of in the mountains and, and the um, special effects. And um, they were like, don't even worry about it. Like we got your back. We're going to have the tank like back here. So if at all, if like, even when you accidentally pull the trigger, like we won't let it go. So I got to play with that thing and that thing is fun, man. So like, <laughs> it's so fun. So it was like, they had the propane like tank back there and then they'll be like fire. And I just like literally pull the lever and it's just like, Psh! it was so dope. And they're like, really lean into it. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. I have a, um, I have a video I'm going to post on my Instagram. I, I wanted to do it when the movie came out, but we had so many fires and I just didn't think it was a very sensitive, like that was a very sensitive subject. So, but, but it's like, it shows like my training and then the shot. So it was fun, but the flamethrower on the person, that was a whole nother story in babysitter. Cause you know, I like do it and like blow them up. That was crazy. Cause that was real guys. That was not like CGI'd. 
Whoa. You got to, you got to light a stunt person on fire. I was so scared. Yeah. I was like, <sighs> I do not want to like, you know, have a cane hotter situation, sure. you know, like, yeah. and they're like, yeah, here, just do it. And I'm like, you know, I'm not professional. Right. Like <laughs> they're like, don't worry, don't worry. He's professional. We have them all like, he did everything like right and everybody was on standby with the flame extinguishers and uh we had one take to do it so like we just, <laughs> it was crazy but that was incredible and everybody was so gracious they were like don't worry we got you back and like i'm like i don't want to ruin someone's life and they're like don't worry like <laughs> so everybody was there and protecting and it was, so everything was done super great but that was crazy because that was real. That was no CGI right there. <laughs> so fun to watch though. All right. So yeah. phobias, what a yes. different, a different <laughs> horror project for you in that it is serious as a heart attack. Talk about getting involved in this and what made it exciting for you. You know, I feel like, I don't know what about you guys, but I have a lot of fears in my life. What like paranoia, I'm like just listing it fear of heights, but I have a lot of fears. And when, when I first got the scripts, Marty go, who directed my segment, she's like, Oh, I have this thing with like your car just starts acting crazy on you and you kind of go crazy, but you're like this badass girl. And she's kind of telling me what's happening about this, about her segment, but also the whole broad spectrum of the movie and what it's about. And I was very interested in that. And then when she told me that it's based on something she experienced, I was like, oh, really? It kind of, you know, struck a chord with me. I have this thing where if it deals with real life. I just really like it a lot. So <laughs> I was kind of really intrigued by it. And, and I really liked Marty's work. And I just kind of liked her from the moment like we we met. So I was like, this sounds really cool, too, because it's an anthology. So it's like, it's, it's a full film, but you have like five different directors directing their own phobias. And then in the end, it's like all comes together, which I thought was super cool and neat that we haven't, like I've never been a part of, or I hadn't seen at that time. So that's kind of how it got started. And, you know, like horror has been a huge part of my life where I wanted to do it. And now I get to do like all these different kinds of things where the babysitter, I, I did get to play the villain. And this one, I get to play half villain, half victim, victimed person. So that was another area as an actor that was really fun for me to play. Yeah. Working with uh, director Marie uh, Lee, uh, Lee Go on your character segment. Uh, what did you enjoy most about playing your character, Sammy? And what did you learn about working uh, with her? Marty is really, uh, she has a very specific vision, which is great because as a director, you don't want somebody that's like, yeah, do whatever you want. Oh yeah, what? sure. Like she's very like, oh, I wanted, I see it like this way. But also she was open for me to play around with certain things. And the fact that she had that experience herself, I wanted to kind of add that in there. I'm like, is this something like the, how you want to show it? Or do you just want it to be my interpretation of how these fears would be for me? You know, so she was very, she's, she's not just open, but she's very, she's thinking about everything. She's thought about it and she's just really fun to work with. And she freaking gets her shit done guys. Like I wasn't there for like seven more hours than my time. Like she's like, we got it. We got it next. This, this, she just immediately knows how she wants things to look. So I think that was really just, uh, it helped a lot with the process of being able to switch from, a different emotion and a different scene. 
as far as playing with Sammy, uh, Sammy was great because you see her as this badass and, and then you see her as a fucking bitch. And then you see her as like a crazy psycho. And then you see her just being really painfully like in her mind where she can't get out. And that whole uh, badass kind of doing everything herself just completely fades. And she becomes this victim that's so in her mind now because of all the torture she's going through that we don't almost recognize her. You know, we all her makeup and piercings are gone and and that fearlessness of sometimes it's not good because she's, you know, she ran over a person that shouldn't, that's that fucking shouldn't happen, you know? So she becomes this almost like a rescued dog, you know, like just kind of scared and doesn't trust anybody. And, and it is so in her mind that her peers are, you know, just there to experience this torture and that's their new life. So I really loved playing with that. And that segment, Jess got to direct the whole through line. So it was really fun to see what her visions were and what Marty's were. So it's like, you really get to play this arc because of that too. Sammy has this badass outfit. Was that all (laughs) you or was that someone else that came up with that costume? That was Marty, man. She's like, man, I want you to wear this. And this was sexy. I mean, those were my Doc Martens from seventh grade. What's up? (laughs) That's awesome. Yes. And and I think I asked if I couldn't wear black stockings just because I got a lot of legs. So I'm like, that's going to be lots of skin. (laughs) But I think other than that, like Marty's like, yeah, let's do that. Let's make you like all rocker girl and sexy. And but like not all perfect like obviously because you're a little messed up i was like yeah totally and then for the um the camp or the institution like the makeup and hair goes like this is making your hair like greasy because you obviously haven't showered and you're just sweaty and i'm like yeah let's do no makeup like i'm down like just like aqua for the hair and so that was that (laughs) you get get it to interact with uh you know for all intents and purposes like a haunted car how was that achieved? Yeah. Were any of the effects triggered in real time? How did that work? I think they were. So like the guy that was behind my car, like the guy who I ran over and he like lifts like this, he was really back there. That wasn't very hard for me to act scared because I always think somebody's behind me. Sure. Like, <laughs> you know, and then, and then, and then sometimes I'm just like in a room and then like my boyfriend will come in. And I'm like, ah! you know, like that's just, I get very startled easily. That was not method acting. That was just real. And then like, you know, then at first when the windows keep going down and like, uh, I think she, Marty had like a little air like blower in the back so that like she can blow my hair. So that was a physical thing that happened. And then the music Marty would, uh, when the radio kept going in out, she'd throw out cues on the walkie as I was driving that Caprice though, that was a freaking fun car guys. Um, Cause I was really driving it and she was doing the, this thing. Cause I had a bad neck at the time, but like that was fun. But most of the, the freak outs that I had were all like, they, they would do something or like, they're like, okay now, or, or, you know, or the air or like the real person behind. Yeah. This Have is- you ever had any paranormal experiences or dealt with anything that you thought was haunted? Oh, I think a lot of things are haunted. (laughs) Oh, man. And um, let's see, which one? Paranormal, 
I guess, you know, have you guys watched the film Light from Light? No. Nope. Oh, that's a good one, too. That one, I love that movie, too, because they do so much with very little, like, uh, which I think is another talent to have, too. Definitely. And it was about, like, paranormal activity and based on a lost spouse or something. So for me, I don't know how much of it's psychological and how much of it's real, which I guess kind of frightens me too. Like, let me circle back to you with yeah, that question. Yeah, yeah, Meditate on it. Leo, you had a question. You had a question about phobias. Yeah. Of the five unique phobias explored in this film, bigophobia, ephibophobia, hoplophobia, robophobia, atelophobia. Have you experienced any of these personally at some point in your life? Definitely with a technology one because i you know we're on zoom now i wouldn't join zoom for so long because <laughs> i'm like they're tapping into my computer but i mean that's like with anything right because our phones are the mics are on and they just hear everything we're saying our apple tvs any smart anything so i don't know if it's a phobia it's probably more of like a paranoia but definitely the technology one as as good and as smart as it is. That's kind of what frightens me about privacy and all that. And, you know, sometimes when we're just having conversations on our own and like with our loved ones or with our friends, and it's just something we're talking about, like somebody might be listening and take it the wrong way. And like, you know, it's just kind of like, how can people blackmail you? How can people like go against you? And it's like, I guess I just have paranoia. No, but that's, I a, think, that's a legitimate I think concern. Yeah. Wise, that's kind of, you know, what's always been lingering yeah how uncomfortable was that headgear to wear mm, it's pretty uncomfortable because it was a real old one um i forgot what prop master she said that where it was from but it was like it would I, I had to have padding here and padding i think here because it felt really torturous like the mechanism and and not like like a like just a quick blow but like a you know like a slowly like graining down your skull a little bit or drilling down your skull was fun it was very heavy too so it was it wasn't it wasn't like a light like use your imagination for the pain like part well before we wrap up here i want to take just a quick look into the future a little bit what is coming up next from you i've read about a movie that has got you and Robert Englund is in it. Freddy Krueger himself is in it. Yeah, Freddy Krueger. I know they just wrapped. So this film, wow, like uh, I was really excited to do because they're making live puppets, human puppets. So the, they, they ADR'd, they, they recorded all their voices and then they made these puppets. But I mean, but like silicone and like glass eyes, like, and then you have a puppeteer like doing all the actions. So they just wrapped, I think like a couple weeks ago. So I'm like so excited. Sid Haig is in it and uh, God rest his soul. But, um, you know, Robert's in it. Um, Jordan Peele's in it. We got Les Masters in it. So, I mean, it should be really fun. It's a, it was a great script. That's a, I don't I don't want to give too much away about the film, but it's 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 gory, it's action, it's psychological, it's I, I'm really excited to see when it's when it's done and what it'll look like. These puppets look so trippy, like so trippy. That's insane. What's the name of the <laughs> film again? Abruptio. Okay, Abruptio. Amazing. And Leo's gonna get us out on one last question, man. 
Yeah, going forward, we'd love to see you in more horror. Is there yeah. a character type uh, you'd like to play or a franchise you'd like to be a part of? Ooh. You know, uh, any sort of big budget, guys? Talk about the money, money, call me. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I, right now I, I'm writing a couple of thriller, psychological thriller kind of projects right now. I think that's where I want to go next with horror is when you almost feel like it's not so just like blatantly like uh, gory or horrific in that way, but m- more in the mind. So I want to go in that direction of my next phase of horror thriller movies. That's so funny. <laughs> Cannot nice. wait to see yes. that. Oh my gosh, Anna, yes. that's going to be amazing. Aww. That was the Boo Crew Podcast, episode 209. Special thanks to our guest, Hannah May Lee. Follow her at Hannah May Lee on Instagram and Twitter. At time of release, see her new film, Phobias, executive produced by Radio Silence in theaters on demand and digital March 19th. Production tracks for this episode provided by Powerman 5000. Till next time, it is the Boo Crew saying, sweet screams. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at TalesFromTheBoo. The Boo Crew is Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation, part of the bloody disgusting Podcast Network. Bye. The Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Home of the Boo Crew. For horror-centric interviews. SCP archives. Weekly full cast storytelling. Horror queers. Genre commentary from an LGBTQ perspective. And creepy. For disturbing and terrifying creepy pastas. Listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts.